All right, welcome back, everybody. Um, uh, it's been a while, I know, but we are trying to slowly get back into the groove of things, especially with the COVID-19 and all this other BS going on. Uh, but welcome back, film noobs, our three ooey-gooey listeners at the Southern Hospice Internal Treatment Center who always support us and sponsor us with tacos every Monday or every first Monday of the month. Today, we have two very special guests via Skype, director, writer, Daniel Tucker. Say hi. Hello. He's kind of shy. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> and then we have actress and producer, Jess, um, sorry, I was going to say <laughs> your, uh, your actress name. But it's Rachel Hudson. Rachel? Yeah, hi. Awesome. How y'all doing, guys? Good. Doing good, yeah. So, real quick, Daniel, you are here in San Antonio. Yes, sir. Uh, Rachel, I believe you're in Austin? Yep. Awesome. Okay, so I did I did my uh, stalking on Facebook pretty good then. <laughs> How's everything um, going in both uh, places for y'all with all this uh, quarantine and everything? Uh, it's pretty good for me. I mean, you know, it's been difficult at times for sure, but just trying to keep busy and keep a positive attitude as much as I can. And luckily with the release of the film coming up, it's been like a positive thing to keep me focused. I can imagine. Um, what about you, Daniel? Yeah, it's been fun to put out a film in the middle of a pandemic, but it keeps things interesting. Um, outside of that, no complaint. Awesome. Have y'all been actively working uh, recently? I know... Uh, Texas opened up uh, filming again, but with uh, a lot of stipulations. Yeah, I'm actually I'm shooting a I'm shooting a short thing on Sunday, like a little scene for something that someone got me um, involved in. Um, and that'll be my first time being on set again since everything started. So um, I'm a little nervous, but I'm ex- I'm obviously really excited to get back to work and start acting again. So. I like how you put that something that someone. <laughs> what about you, Daniel? Anything? I'm. Uh, I have things I'd like to do, but I'm getting them going. A couple things got put on hold because of COVID, so hoping to back up in the coming weeks. Mm, nice. Outside of that, no, I've, I've just been at home. Getting ready for your big premiere. Yeah, there's a lot of paperwork and all other kind of stuff in, involved in, in selling a film, so it's been an adventure. Okay, so let's talk about the film. The name of the movie is Nothing But the Blood. It runs an hour, 29 minutes. Um, it is a core drama thriller, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's right. And this is your second feature film, Daniel? Yeah. The first one being in 2018, Ashes to Ashes. Um, I did look it up on IMDb. If anybody is interested, they could look it up. Um, the poster for Nothing But the Blood looks wicked. Um, I really, really liked it. Uh, it was simple. It, it was done right. I mean, there's just, it, it's, yeah, I liked it. <laughs> Thank you. And that is you still on there, right, Rachel? Yep, that's me. <laughs> now, y'all been, um, originally it was done, what, about a year and a half ago? Two years that you got done with this? Daniel? Um, we shot in November, December 2018, and then the production took up uh, about the four months of 2019. Um, and then uh, sold it. I want to say February of 2020. Mm-hmm. 
Now, give me give me um the gist of the movie. That way, I'm not the only one trying to sure. take yeah. up all the time here. A uh, a controversial cult moves into a small town. A journalist is sent to cover it. She gets kind of entangled in their um, world. She meets a guy there who's a pastor. They begin a relationship, and he ends up leaving. But uh, they're not too happy about that, and things get. From there. Okay, can you read that? You know, I kind of lost it. Cold, small town. <laughs> um, <laughs> or the whole thing? No, that last part. Um, after he leaves her for, or he leaves I, the cult for for the journalist. He, yeah, he leaves the cult for the journalist played by Rachel. Things get kind of worse, worse, and bloody, and violent, and sad. Oh, well, don't spoil it for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. We, we said we'd stop somewhere. That way we could tease the audience and not give everybody everything away. Um, all right. Well, there's so much more to it. Yeah, don't you worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me, let's talk about some character development or, or character building. Um, because you had a lot of it, especially with um the character that Rachel plays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As far as some of the backstory for Rachel's character, Jessica, um, she is a reporter. Um, she came from an abusive relationship, and she suffered from other things in her childhood that kind of make her very skeptical about religion. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, Rachel, how was it playing this kind of a role? Um, I really enjoyed it. You know, um, this is my second time working with Dan, and he just writes such good characters. Um, So it was really fun to explore this backstory and really try and dig into it and see how you know, where she came from will, would make her the person that she is now that you're seeing in this movie and and will kind of lead up to um, and make you understand why she does the things that she does. Now, what were some of the things that you were pulling from? Um, so I just, you know, was looking, I just created, you know, this world for her and then put myself in that world and did my best to understand what, you know, what that would feel like and, you know, how that would be and just kind of feel it through her perspective. Yeah. To Rachel's credit, too, she also added a few of those details that we put into the script, like her back, her back, Grand as a child, um, the anger that she had, and a couple of other things she came up with into the script and passed them off as but Yeah, I mean, it was, it was collaborative. Dan is very open to collaboration from his actors, and so he was really open to my suggestions. So, yeah, some of the ideas that I had about the character ended up in the in the final script. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Now, yeah. let's talk a little bit about that, Daniel. When it comes to being the writer-director, sometimes as a writer-director, you kind of have that, well, I envision it this way, um, as opposed to if you're just yeah. a writer, 
you kind of just have to sit there and kind of watch somebody to either destroy your vision or make your vision twice as well. Sure. Um, I'm the writer until I show up for day one of shooting. And then I, my job is to be true to the, to the script, but I'll make it. And then I can also, since I edited it too, I can tinker it in, in post. Mm-hmm. So I'm just constantly trying to find the best way to tell the story. And the script is a blueprint. It's not a, like, it has to be this. It has to be this. I will do things in between takes. I'll ask the actors to like things, or I'll show up and go, we don't need these two lines. Or in some cases, we'll shoot a scene, and I'll be like, this out. We don't need it. So I'm just constantly trying to find the best way to honor the characters on the world and give the audience a thing that's entertaining because if you're just trying to serve yourself it gets boring tracking that that, that's interesting because yeah a lot of times depending on the actor they could either give a whole new life to that character um and i've always said it's it's one thing to for me to see rachel playing jessica as opposed to if i was to be there and i see jessica in front of me and I'm, I'm just saying, you know, theoretically, if I was in your shoes, you know, that, sure. that's one of the things I would want to see is not the actor playing that role, but rather the person of, of that role. Yeah, man. Now, with, with the film, there was a lot of uh, religious, man, I don't want you, kind of picked on religion a lot. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that, was that a personal thing or, I mean, um, how did... The movie didn't start as the thing that came to me was her uh, the opening scene she, she uh, wakes up on a beach so I was taken by the idea of a girl who w- wakes up on a beach and then goes to her her job and then it just kind of happened her job was to cover a church um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of issues with organized religion and the harm it can cause which is kind of a, um, the whole point of the film but I also am afraid of how people try and combat that so that's what the film examines too is people who fight hate with hate um but yes <laughs> to answer the question yes i have a lot of issues with religion but i think the movie handles it at least i hope it gives a more e- even keel of non-religious people can be terrible too, if not yeah. just as yeah. And like the warning of extremism in general. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. No, no, I mean, yeah, that's that's definitely one of the things that I, I think more so here in Texas we have to kind of deal with a lot of times. Um, we yeah. have a black guy already with the whole branch Davidians and, and whatnot and other you know, forced religions here. But yeah. um, <laughs> but as far as, like, the religion, like, quotes and and other things that were as as close to as possible with some of the actual um, beliefs, did you just, like, did you have somebody that helped you for accuracy? Uh, or? Yeah. I grew up in a extremely religious household, not like that. But I see a lot of people like that. So the easiest thing for me to write was like ser- sermons, people who like sh- shitty based on their superiority. Mm-hmm. They think there's um, all of the 
just pretty easy. Like there's a six minute sermon, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The beginning ones, and then the the one that he gives to to the church on the on the opening day. That yeah. a lot of changes to it. Put down on paper, and then I just because I've heard that like a thousand times. So that was pretty much like the e- e- the easiest part of the script because I've because se- I've seen it. If that answers your question. I'm not sure if it did or not. It did. It just it kind of broke up a little bit. Um, I don't know if it's sure. my connection or your end. Um, but I know you. You said uh, pretty much you had experience with that. Yeah, I grew up in a religious environment. My parents weren't as extreme as the people that are depicted in the film, but I w- I was exposed to those people. So I didn't, outside of my own experience, I didn't have to r- research things or ask people because I'd seen it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. Now, when it comes to <laughs> That one scene, um, you said it was about six minutes, roughly. Yeah. Um, what made you keep the whole sermon rather than just kind of bits and pieces and and use what you wanted, rather, you know, in reactions? Because I mean, that's that's six minutes of a sermon, and that's kind of heavy to be honest. Did you get bored as a viewer? No, I had. I started okay. getting flashbacks. <laughs> I started getting flashbacks when I was a kid sitting in church, and I was like, "Man, your your actor, um, what's his name? Les. Yeah, Les Best. Yeah, he did extremely well portraying that kind of uh, religious figure. And I was like, "Man, dude, I'm I'm starting to twitch here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's true because I feel like, you know, a six minute sermon could be boring, right? But the way it's written so well and the way Les performs it, it's not boring at all. It's just, it keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time. And like you said, it can definitely give people flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I uh, think here it was important because it is, it, it establishes the, the views of the church, but we also open the movie with him into the audience. So you think he's this nicer guy, and then we just kind of like flip it on its head where he's he's preaching hate, he's preaching intolerance and all these ter- terrible things. But Les is just awesome. He's also like the nicest guy on the earth. And it's just weird because I would say cut and he just switched from that character to like the nicest guy. And it was kind of terrifying. But, <laughs> um, he, uh, I kept it in. I, I, I was concerned about the pacing of it and I was able to chop it up a bit to make it flow a bit. But a lot of the takes in that scene are just him just going in long ex- extended takes. And he's just so good to watch. And he tweaks. If I if I gave you the the script and showed you the actual scene, he tweaks words here here and there that just elevate the material so awesomely that it's like he makes that scene work so well that at the end of it, I was like, yeah, it's a six minute scene, but it doesn't feel like it. Hopefully, kind of like how the Irishman is three three and a half hours, but it doesn't feel. Like you're seeing the longest film in the the world. <laughs> no, no, no. Like I said, I mean, it it works well. Um, and and yeah. when I sat there and I started watching, it, I was like, man, this this is like really, really freaking me out because I I I've been like you said, I've been there, and it felt <laughs> really, really 
authentic from him. Now, there is a lot of foreshadowing at the beginning of the film to include the black and white scene that opens up the film. Yes. Um, and, and, yeah. Now, go ahead and talk about it. Hello? I'm here. Okay. Yeah, so, like I was saying, there is a lot of foreshadowing that he used in the film. So... Like the opening scene? Right, like the opening scene. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we open the scene, we we open the film with a black and white scene where uh, I kind of lay out the themes of the whole film without explicitly saying what will happen. It's just a sermon, but he talks to the camera the whole time. Right. Part of the reason yeah. it's, it's black and white, too, is because I'm trying to dis distinguish it from being part of the narrative, but also because it just looks like it looks. Um, and what else? It also adds shades to the character that he plays because, um, without spoiling it too much, out of everyone in the film, he might be the only one that sticks completely to his code, as it were. Even if his code is horseshit, he sticks to the code. Yeah, I mean, he is a very authentic character. Um, what was I going to ask you? Because we started talking about the, the whole thing. Oh, um, as far as shooting your film, what, what did you shoot it on? We shot it on a red. On a red? Epic. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because that black and white scene really, really Which is was. Helpful. Say again? I said it was helpful to shoot all those, like, night scenes or those lo lower light scenes or even the the black and white scene opening the colors and the Christmas of the image are just there and it's awesome. Yeah, because I was going to ask you about that uh, on the black and white scene. You, I imagine you shot it in color and then converted it over to black yeah. and white. Okay. But it was really sharp. There was hardly any green. I mean, it really looked nice. So when you open it up, that's why I had to ask you. We added about added a little bit in post. I think for the green, we added just like a touch of it in post. Uh -huh. Is some of it, but yeah, it's it, the color of it. The, the colorized closer to like the scenes in the church, where it's kind of an orangey candle kind of feel. Yeah. Now, um, I understand that you didn't have a festival run, right? You went straight to distro? We tried if we put fully a horror film and we said the drama is entirely a drama film, we're kind of a movie to categorize. It's a character piece for the first hour and then the last half hour is just horror. So I don't um that's just my assumption. And why? Because we sent it to lots of people. So how long were you, um, did you try for the festival run? Um, about a year, almost exactly. <laughs> almost a year? Yeah. And, so, and then after that, we... <laughs> Thank you to them. Daniel? I'm here. Okay. Yeah, you keep breaking up. I'm sorry. Um, you said after the Is year... Is my idea just I can call you from the, if it helps? Yeah, it probably would help a little bit better because I'm, okay. I'm trying to give me like two, two minutes and I'll, I'll fix that for you. I'm sorry. I'm no, you're good. 
Hello, Rachel. Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's continue this conversation real quick while we wait for yeah. Danny to get back on. Character development for you. I know we were talking about earlier about how you inputted a lot of who she is um, and kind of developed her a little bit more with uh, with her backstory and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Dan wrote a lot of it and he had a pretty clear idea but because his ideas were were clear and rich and and complex it gave me a lot of ideas you know I would read these scenes and we would talk about her backstory and it would kind of inspire me I'd say oh you know that makes me think of what if you know she experienced this and and that kind of thing. And, and he was open to all of it. And it was always a discussion. Um, so, it, but I don't think, I wouldn't have been inspired by, to come up with so much um, on my own if it weren't for like how rich and complex her story already was. Now, as far as like first time producer, how was mm-hmm. that managing both, both hats of being part or lead actress and then being part of the producer? producing part of the film yeah well um I just when Dan sent me the script I said I think this is great and I want to do this with you and like let's do it right like let's put as many resources into it as we can and um I have a little bit of a producing background I went to film school and I've done some short films and everything um but I just said like you know I just kind of had that attitude of like, we can do this. I can do this. We can do this. Let's make it happen. And so um, I just started pulling resources together and pulling on what knowledge I do have and figuring out the things that I didn't know. And um, it kind of came together pretty well. And the one thing is I was the primary producer in terms of, you know, getting things done. So Mm. when I was also on set as the lead actress, it did become overwhelming at times. It was a lot, it was a lot going on. Um, there were, there were times when, you know, I was being kind of pulled in both directions as lead, as producer. And um, so sometimes it, it was a lot, but overall I was happy with everything. And I'm really glad that, that we made it work. Now I have to ask you because you put yourself on the spot. You said you went to film school. I did go to film school. Yes. Okay, so I have to ask you this because a lot of people, and and the question always comes up, to film school or not to film school? Um, You know, I think that's a person, that would be a personal decision. It really, I think, depends on the person. For me, I'm really glad I did it. I don't think I would have been the kind of person that just knew what to do, knew how to just start working in the film industry, start from the bottom, work my way up, learn on my own. I do really well in an organized educational environment where I'm learning a structured curriculum Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't have knowledge of producing that I do in order to have produced nothing but the blood if I hadn't gone to film school. But some people are really great at just learning on the fly, teaching themselves, putting themselves out there and learning in the work environment, in the field. And so if that's the kind of person you are, yeah, don't spend your money on film school. Just go for it. Danny, you're back. 
I think so. Do I sound okay now? Oh, wait, you sound a hundred times better, brother. Okay. <laughs> I think that I think that headset is on, on its way out. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. It's just, yeah, I, I have to kind of like really, really point it out because I, I kept losing you. And you I don't could, want so our sorry. audience kind of like, oh, <laughs> I, I want them to kind of get to know you because, I mean, I saw your film and and you sent me the link to it, so I get I get privy before everybody else. Um, before it goes on sale here, I'm gonna plug real quick. Shameless plug. Um, it goes on sale. It's pre-order already through Amazon, but it goes on sale August fourth, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, it is uh, distro through Gravitas Ventures for video on demand, Blu-ray, DVD. And then the biggest news you had to share with us was this Friday. On on Friday, we're uh, playing yeah, at Santicos Casablanca. Yeah. Now, which one's that one? Uh, the one at 1604 in Calabria. San Antonio. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anywhere that people could get tickets for it? Or I know you kind of posted on the Facebook page, but uh, any links or anything like that you'd like to plug in real quick? Sure, yeah. If you go to santigos.com or go to the f- Facebook for the film, you can c- click on that link and take it to buy some tickets and see an awesome What's film. What's the Facebook link? Uh, Facebook.com slash nothing but the blood film nothing but the blood is it nothing but the blood film or just nothing but the blood let me double check i think it's film because like it's a jesus song so like the other stuff was taken (laughs) yeah and the the page itself is just called nothing but the blood yeah but if you're typing it in yeah if you just go to facebook and search nothing but the blood will show up there okay now um going back let's let's go back to our conversation i just had to do some shameless plugs real quick because we're halfway through our time um i just want to make sure that people do know that yes it is on pre-sale already through amazon and it will go live sale august 4th um and again you you have this awesome distribution through gravitas uh, venture and you will have a theatrical release which is really awesome like i said it's your second film what was your budget like for this film if you don't mind me asking no i'll take that one as producer um it was low low. (laughs) very low um we're micro budget and i know like in industry speak that could mean you know still a large amount pretty large amount of money but no we um we just kind of scraped together what we could um through fundraising and you know hitting up people that we knew who might want to be investors and investing smaller amounts and um so yeah it was um, a very low budget film and so i'm really proud of what we what we created now i have to ask you did you work with anybody who was sag or sag e i mean i don't think sag e has anything really to do with it but as far as sag actors i think a couple were eligible but the production itself was a non Union. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't have to ask you about the whole paperwork for that because I know that's that's a headache. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no. Um, going back to earlier conversation that we had, Daniel. Um, before you reconnected with us here. Yeah. Um, you said you went through about a year's worth of film festival um tryouts yeah okay um what was that like shitty and to, to 
depressing and you question ev- everything that you did and uh i would t- i would text her and ask her like hey do you think it's a bad film but it's not because the testing w- was good so just the journey of it's hard and you have to you have to keep telling y- yourself eventually it'll find an audience however that's s- supposed to happen but a year of rejections was a lot <laughs> i mean it's worth it because like, apparently it's good enough that you did get distribution and a theatrical release here um exactly so it, it found its audience yeah man i'm so happy i'm excited and so congratulations on that behalf thank you now this i mean i have to ask about this because um, in part, I do run a small, really small festival here in San Antonio. But the fact of the matter is that a lot of times you have to, or a lot of people just kind of blanket, you know, send out films not really knowing what kind of festivals they're, they're, yeah. they're applying for. Or just Which is yours? Film. Out of curiosity. For a River City Underground Film Festival. Yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. I saw that. <laughs> so I apologize if you, if you didn't get in last year, but I don't think you applied last year to us. No, I don't think so. I got to go look back. Man, I apologize. <laughs> it, it's hard. It, it's really hard because even I was talking to one of the other directors out of California, and that was the biggest thing that we talked about is film festivals and is it worth it or not, um, especially because a lot of them are very specialized or, again, art is one of those Either you like it, you hate it. No really happy in-betweens. I've enjoyed it as a person who's attended things. I don't... Th- I, I think it's an important piece of the puzzle, although I think post-COVID that might change um, the idea that to get your film seen or even put out, you have to s- submit to a place in hopes that they'll they'll choose it. Well, let me ask you a question. Because... And, and you made a really really awesome point um with the covid thing going on a lot of major films have started releasing straight video on demand um or or or, you know pre-advanced screenings via amazon buddha and all these other great platforms um which were at one point the only way we can get stuff out yeah you know what i mean so with that yeah. said now they're at the same level kind of they kind of came down to our level of film distribution how do you think that will affect us the independent film uh, makers you know being at that same level as a normally cynical person the only thing I, um so i think any change will be for the good ultimately um it's ever since like the first days of film it's always changed people said that sound would kill film in the 50s and 60s because it was tt that will film i it's just another part of the process i think there is a conversation to be had over um, overexposing over saturating the market but it also means that films like ours can find an audience world over not able to, while films like uh, Trolls do can still be a huge hit for people at home. So I don't think it'll hurt the independent film. I think it'll ultimately help 
independent film, but the only drawback I could see is that there's so many options out there. People won't know what to choose, but they've been saying that for like 10 years, ever since the iTunes. Um, Hello? I'm here. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it's me. I think it's me. But yeah, I, I do agree with you. Uh, we have been in a constant um, flux with how films get into people's eyeballs. Um, because even then, Netflix has changed a lot from maybe, what, about five, ten years ago, like we said. Um, and that was one of the, the biggest supporters of independent film. Now it's yeah, Amazon, but Amazon now is changing again to where it's not really worth us putting films up on there. Yeah, they kind of made it harder on Amazon. But also you've got outlets that are creating their own content too, like Hulu and Netflix and all those people. It's a change. And so people who make the, the content have to adapt to the changes that the people who produce and put out the content are asking for. So I think ultimately it'll be okay. There'll always be people who are curious to see like a smaller horror f film from China or anything else like that or a movie like ours <laughs> oh, definitely um when when it came to finding the distribution for gravitas was it more of like hit and miss like man i'm gonna you know cross my fingers do you like it or did they come out after you i mean talk about that a little bit we uh we shopped it around and then they really liked the film and we liked what they were saying and what their plan w was for distribution and i liked that i could uh keep the film as is without having to change it because uh a lot of times you'll hear the, the stories of films that get picked up and they have to edit it or shoot a scene or things like that and i was just happy that we didn't have that now i'll let you get because our film got when we got picked up for distribution um they changed the artwork completely and then the beginning they changed uh i think some of the music they changed anyways they, yeah after we got it back or no we haven't gotten it back but once we got a copy of it which we had to buy <laughs> it wasn't it, there was a lot of other things that i was like man dude they could have just asked us and we could have changed it for them but yeah it's, it's horrible you lose full control of your own film yeah now with this uh the short uh theatrical uh run how long are you gonna did they tell you how long you're gonna be out there or uh that's up to santicos um they're scheduling it for the next week at least mm -hmm. so from Friday to Thursday, it'll be playing three to four showtimes a day, which is awesome. Now, is that uh, different um, than the Gravitas uh, distribution deal? or It's separate. Um, the distribution deal from Gravitas is for home, like v VOD and Blu-ray. Mm -hmm. um, we, as Lola Cat, or she, as Lola Cat, uh, owns the th theatrical di distribution, so... Santikos approached us and we organized that on our own. But it's yeah. up to the theater for how long they'll end up playing it. So if you go see it, the more that you go see it, um, the more they'll, they'll yeah. play it. Yeah. Nice. Well, hopefully 
we'll get to see y'all play at Santigos for more than, than the already prescribed run that you have, man. That'd be really badass to see a local film at the and theater, just, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, and just to say the dates real quick, too, just to make sure. Uh, so it's July 31st through August 6th as of now, but hopefully they'll keep it past August 6th. Yeah. All right. So again, August? July 31st. So yeah, that's the first day it's playing is July 31st. And then right now it's running through August 6th, but hopefully they'll keep it for long. And this is at? At Centicos, yeah. All right, cool. The website? Centicos.com. You can go through your Facebook for tickets or Centicos, right? Yeah. It should also show up on like the Centicos app or movie tickets or Fandango or your preferred way of purchasing tickets. (laughs) All right, we'll, we'll try to put the, the links to pretty much your Facebook and, and how to get tickets to go see the the, the film at Santicos. Um, try to support y'all through both the podcast and our own site when we put it out. Because um, like I said, I, I, I would love to see or continue seeing um, a, a film that's done here in San Antonio by local filmmakers, Texas filmmakers um actually do well to where we're starting to put ourselves on the map yeah for sure that was the the whole film made here in san antonio or uh austin pflugerville for the most part and like 30 percent of it was shot here okay there's a bar scene and then there are a a couple of scenes in and outside of a house nice we're shot tony now pflugerville was that for the, the the lake scenes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I was trying to figure out, I was like, man, okay, I know we don't have a big lake here in San Antonio. We have Woodlawn Lake, but I don't think... <laughs> <laughs> no, that wouldn't have worked. No, I don't think that would have worked. <laughs> it's not as pretty as, as what you had on there, on your film. <laughs> yeah, um, when I was watching it, there was like two scenes, man, that I was like, man, this is such a fucking bigot. Um, so one scene where they're in church and she's pregnant and the dude turns around and he's like, oh, you're really pregnant. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, yeah. but, you know, you're not wearing a ring, but you know, oh, my bad. And then he turns back around. I was like, oh, what a jackass. <laughs> I'm glad you felt that because that was the intention of that moment. Yeah. yeah I mean, like I said, yeah, I've, I've seen the film and it has a lot of really good moments to where you're either going to hate the characters or you're going to be like, man, dude, um, the Loss, dealing with the loss earlier and i mean that that sets up a lot for that character i'm being really vague because i, I want people to watch it um the friend the loss with the friend mm-hmm. i was like man okay i really feel bad and i was like hey you want to reach in and you're like okay it's okay come on you just put your head on my shoulder it's okay yeah. <laughs> well i'm happy we properly made you feel bad that was the whole. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I mean, as filmmakers, that's our job, right? To emote something, either hate, anger, something. I don't care. Just get something out of you. Exactly. Uh, there was another one that I, I, I was laughing. Oh, man. Oh, the Jesus shit. <laughs> what are they talking about? The oh, you like yeah. Jesus shit? Yeah. <laughs> are, are you going to let her do the Jesus shit? I was like, oh, man, this guy is so wrong. But it's so funny. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, okay, no, I have to ask you because again, back to the religion thing, it's 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 one of those like <sighs> it's a no-no for a lot of people not to talk about religion and politics, and you just happen to kind of poke fun at yeah. fun, but you kind of poke the anthill on on one of the biggest one, which is religion. How do you think most audiences, or how would you wish that most audience would walk away from your film, being that religion is one of the biggest things that you attack? Rachel, would you like to go first? <laughs> I guess I'll go first, but this is more your question, Dan, because you're the writer director. Um, I'm curious what you think. I, yeah, but from my point of view, I it's um, first of all, it's definitely controversial, and we know that you know some people are going to get pissed off maybe by watching it. And um, but I hope that people recognize that we're we're more sending a message against um, hatred. And the things that the the reasons people do hateful things are are varied, and so you know that's our message. Not necessarily religion itself, but people do hateful things in the name of religion. So hopefully, hopefully that's the message for me. Yes. So I'm not expecting. Yeah, um, I'm not expecting to convert and anybody, but I'm also not attacking religion as a whole. Um, I'm attacking the negative aspects of it, the um, extreme things that happen because of it. That honestly, because we don't talk about it as much, probably why it keeps happening. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, let's see, there's a line in the movie towards the end where um, Rachel's character says she she doesn't care about the millions followers her, her problem is w- with people who do harm in the name of what they claim to follow and honestly if you're trying to defend that then i don't know what to tell you all we're trying to point out is hey these bad things happen and because these bad things happen i don't it it, it causes more harm and i don't know what we can do to make it ha- happening but if you have a pastor on tv telling trump to shoot protesters i think the movie's pretty current yeah it's very yeah. relevant it really is um man i, I think you hit the nail on the head on that one because it is with everything going on with certain figures for the political or religious you know that's a lot of power that you have to deal with mm-hmm. yeah that, that's a lot of hate remember also. too that like it's not an indictment on all of it it's just an indictment on the shit the shitty people which unfortunately is a lot of it so. mm-hmm. man but, uh, overall I do have to say man it, the film was done very well um, because it was you know, like I said, it emoted a lot of good feelings as well as a little bit of hate. <laughs> you don't want to punch <laughs> that one character. Like, dude, shut the fuck up, turn around. And just, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah you, you did your job as a filmmaker. So, congratulations. Uh, congratulations you. on your distribution for your second film. Um, congratulations on your theatrical release. Overall, congratulations, brother. Um, especially, again, homegrown. Uh, Texas, um, San Antonio, fellow San Antonio film maker who's making a, a stance and saying hey we are here um look at me we could do it mm-hmm. so congratulations Thank on you. all that man and, and rachel congratulations on your first time producer um you picked a movie that you know kind of makes a, a pretty good point and stance for for the message that you're trying to put out yeah thank you so with all that said what's next within the next year or so like with the film as far as um, anything else? I've got stuff that I'm hoping to get going, but again, like COVID put a hold on all that, so. 
it's kind of weird. This has been the last two and a half years or so of my life. So I'm excited to see what I can obsess over next. <laughs> it is it is an obsession. Um, yeah, Rachel? Um, yeah, I mean, it's an unpredictable world, um, but I'm just going to keep plugging away um, for the acting. That's my real passion is acting and um I do enjoy producing as well. So if something else crosses my path that I, that I see, um, that is, that gets me excited to produce, I'll, I'll do something else, but I'm going to keep plugging away at, at acting and, um, yeah, that's pretty much, that's the plan. Cool. Well, again, I do appreciate you guys for, for taking the time out of your schedule. Um, especially with everything that's going on recently. Um, Let's plug real quick one more time. If you go on Facebook, the page for the film is Nothing But the Blood. Mm-hmm. Um, you could either go to the theatrical release, which starts July 26th. 31st. 31st. That is true. My bad. I'm just I'm testing you. Don't worry. If you're listening. <laughs> 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 July 31st and closes right now. As of now, six, but yeah, let's go see it so we can have a longer theatrical run. Yes, let's, let's all go out there, um, buy tickets, put our face mask on, and enjoy the company of each other watching this awesome film. Um, if you don't like it, you can always text Daniel on his Facebook and tell me medium burn crosses or something. <laughs> if you don't like it, wait a couple of months and then you can tell me. Or tell, or tell me in private, but don't tell me in public. Or go see it again so you can, you know, hate it and whatever. Buy a copy of the DVD. There you go. Buy yeah. a copy yeah. of the DVD and burn it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. That's what you should do. Just like everybody burns rapper CDs, we should do that. We should buy like 10, 20 copies of your movie. And if we hate it, and burn it. <laughs> everybody wins. Yep, everybody wins. <laughs> But no, it, it's a good film. It really is a good film. Um, Thank you. It, I had nothing really negative to say about it, um, except for the, the six-minute sermon that I was like, ah, oh, I started twitching. I said, that's good, though. It means that she, it works. Even if you feel like shit, it works. <laughs> I wanted to start bawling up and start crying, I'm going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, but great, great job, guys! All around, great job, man! Congratulations one more time. Um, thank you again for, for taking the time with us, and hopefully, um, this won't be the last time we get to talk to y'all here on Film News. Yeah, sure. thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. All right, so with that said, hopefully, um, we will be back with another guest soon. Um, again, take care of yourself, guys out there. Wear a mask, watch the placement, don't get too close to each other unless you really like that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, stay home, stay safe, and we'll be watching you again. Um, with that, um, see you all soon. Bye. All right.